Welcome to Powered by Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. All right. How's your day going? How's your week going? Well, my day is going great. Beautiful, beautiful outside. Mm-hmm. And perfect weather. It's it's gorgeous. It's just friggin' gorgeous. Couldn't ask for better on that. And we're doing recording. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice. Not only that, but your cat was going for the Snuggleathon 2000. Yes, yes, she was. She's probably going to be back since I am back to pet sitting again. They haven't seen me. You know, they want to have my attention. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that's going on for me is back to pet sitting. The other is I've started keeping a gratitude journal, mm. which has been lovely. I think it is helping me to be a little more positive, mm-hmm. which I wasn't really sure that it would help, but I'm really making a concentrated effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually managed a gratitude journal for a while, which surprised the heck out of me because I don't do journals. But it seemed to help, too, for yeah. me. Yeah. I don't write much in it, but I try yeah. to keep the positive, even if there's, like, a negative that goes with the positive, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, but moment. However, I try to cut that part out and just leave the positive part. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is helpful. Okay. The other thing that I'm that I did was I worked on my Enchanted Journey Pathway 4, which is with the Sisters Enchanted. Mm-hmm. I completed that, and I passed their test with oh, cool. flying colors. Congrats. Thanks. I was very happy about that. Mm-hmm. And that's really all for me. It's pretty concise and mm-hmm. not much going on. How about you? I mean, like you said, it's a beautiful day. So the day's going great. Although you're a little tired. I am a little tired. <laughs> I'm always a little tired. It, it seems to be a theme of late for me and friends of money troubles, so that's a thing. But we did go the other day to check out a new-to-us metaphysical store. Yeah, Breeze Way. Yeah, here, here in Eugene, and it was absolutely wonderful. I loved the two ladies that were there. They were really cool. Great energy. Yeah, very good. Very great. Great amount of things to choose from. The selection Mm -hmm. was great. And they had clothing there. Was it reasonable prices? Absolutely love the place. Yeah, we finally have one in Eugene. We have another store, I won't mention the name, that I do not care for. I always get a creepy vibe in there. Mm -hmm. And so many people say the same thing. I mean, I can't even tell you how many people say the same thing, but up until now, it's been the only venue. Yeah. And now we have this other one that is so much more like an actual metaphysical shop. Doesn't have that weird vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was a nice visit. And we came out with a couple of skirts. Yep. Oh, and we're getting ready for midsummer. Mm, That's right. We are. (laughs) We are working on that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what's going on. I guess there's one more thing. Me and my brother have been working on something for a game that we both play. ESO, I'm sure you've heard me talk about it before, but anyways, we have a role play guild and we were coming up with storylines and stuff for that. And it went really well. We did a lot more than we expected and it was, it turned out great. So I'm real excited about that. Fantastic. All right. Now for a little bit of a 
warning. It's not a warning, but it's just a hey. Heads up. Heads up. Thank you. We are not doing the witch's tool or the tarot today because we have a long, regular section. Let's get started. Okay. Today I have brought you Greek, ancient Greek magic. Ancient Greece is considered to have been from around 1200 BC to about 680. Series and series? Theories and thoughts developed in ancient Greece have been a cornerstone of Western culture and thought. Apparently, ancient Greece had series. I didn't know they had TV. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. But anyways, it was also a cornerstone for a lot of Western magic. Magic was definitely an important part of society then, even though the practice of it was more of a private affair. It wasn't exactly an encouraged practice, but neither was it illegal, at least the lighter parts of magic. Being caught casting a malefic spell or making a curse, however, was illegal. Some of the earliest magic, at least that we have the physical evidence for, was in the 6th century BC, and they were curse tablets. Now, these were most often small lead sheets inscribed with a curse and buried in a grave, body, water, or well. Now, these small lead things were often pierced with different sharp objects and then rolled up as well as buried, as those were seen to be passages to the underworld. Most often, the god goddesses were involved, though that goes for any magic of this period. Specifically, Hecate, Hermes, and Persephone, as these were all associated with the underworld. The point of the spells was to speed the cursed person to the other side, hence the associations with death. The other popular kinds of spells were talismans, for good luck, and phylacteries, for protection. Phylacteries and talismans are also known as amulets today. One such amulet in specific is very special. On it is a beseeching of Apollo to help protect from something. We don't know what that something is, unfortunately, as only so much of the text could be translated due to dialect and, I imagine, a penchant for getting creative with words. What is so special about it in the archaeological world is that it was made out of gold and that it was also stamped with a stamp, not carved into the metal with a stylus. That suggests that there were many of them made at the time. So it was like something to be mass-produced. That's very intriguing. Right? Talismans were also popular. I mean, since when is good luck not popular? One of the good luck charms made its way from Egypt to ancient Greece. The scarab, or as we know it, the dung beetle, was a symbol of good luck for the Egyptians, but also life, death, rebirth, and the gods. For the Greeks, it was a much simpler good luck talisman. The fashioned images or small carvings could be worn as pendants, rings, and bracelets. Nice. Yeah. Necromancy was also performed in ancient Greece. This was considered an illegal practice, though it was performed in the Necromantion, a temple to the god and goddess of the underworld, Hades and Persephone. Necromancy was the art of talking to the dead. The reason for doing so is that it was thought that after death, the spirit was able to see the future. And I think there was some other abilities that the dead gained after they had died, but I don't remember what those were. 
love spells were also a sought after item. What we know now as poppets were used. They would make the doll out of wax, mud, or lead, and then it would be pierced with needles in the eye's mouth and sex organs. This was thought to arouse the person targeted. There were also potions made from things such as a, lizard di a lizard's dick or a lizard's tail, as this was thought to confer virility. I'm sorry, but I think I'll pass. Yes. <laughs> not really in my, not my cup of tea. No. Or, or not my bottle of potion. <laughs> uh, last but not least, I should mention the Delphic Oracles. These were women over 50 that lived away from their husbands and dressed in maiden's clothing. They were all given the name Pythia. The priestess would go to the cave, as there was a specific cave that they went to, and sit on a stool that was near vents from which gases would escape. There were other priests and priestesses that would attend to and interpret the incompre incomprehensible words that the priestess would say making the oracular statement understandable to the one who asked the question that the oracle was answering. Now, I'm sure there was more magic that intertwined in the lives of the ancient Greeks, but I've covered what I could. The Greeks were no more or less magical than present or other cultures of other times. They did what many of us do, reached for the power of that which was within and without to effect change in their world. Yeah, very cool. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of really interesting stuff that I could dig up and found. Yeah. I know you did a lot of hard work on it. Yeah, thank you. And you did a ton of hard work on this one. And a preface for this, this is actually in two parts. Yes. Yes, it is. Because there was, for a change, very unusual, enough so information. Much. So yeah. much information. And I found it a very interesting story. So hopefully you will, too. These are the Pendle Witches of 1612, part one. In this story, 12 witches were accused and were from Pendle Hill, Lancashire. They were accused of murdering a total of 10 people by using means of witchcraft. 10 of the 12 were tried at Lancashire Ax I'm sorry, were tried at the Lancaster Assizes, or inquests, on August 18th and 19th, 1612. They were tried alongside others who were known as the Salmsbury witches. Samuelsbury witches. We'll touch on those on uh, another episode, most likely. One of the witches died in prison before the trials, and another was tried in the York Assizes, or inquests, on July 27, 1612. There were nine women and two men who were tried, ten of which were found guilty and hung. There was one survivor who was found incredibly not guilty. This was one of the largest groups of hangings in England between the 15th and 18th centuries. This accounted for a grand total of 2% of the 500 witches which were tried in England at this period of time. Oh my goodness. It's a large group. Mm-hmm. It's not the only one, but it was a large... It yeah. stood out. Mm-hmm. Such a large outbreak might suggest that there was an abundance, maybe an overabundance, of healers who had skills in using talismans, herbal remedies, and charms. This perchance led to an unhealthy sense of competitiveness in the community, community pitting one against another. One such case might have been between Elizabeth Southerns, which was also known as De the Demdikes family, 
and Anne Whittles, also known as the Chaddix family. Demdikes's family consisted of her daughter Elizabeth Device and grandchildren James and Allison Device. With Chaddox, it was her and her daughter Anne Redfern. Each of these families' eldest women were the heads of the family and in their 80s, making them high risk to be predisposed to being accused as witches. Among others that were accused were Jane and her son John Bullcock, Alice Nutter, Alice Gray, Janet Preston, and Catherine Hewitt. I couldn't help but thinking any woman that was any, in any remote bit of power was, you know, at oh, risk yes. of being called a witch. So. And if you imagine, in those days, being in your 80s was almost yeah, unheard of. That was, yeah. I mean, you usually died in like your 40s or something. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely raise an eyebrow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So historically, as we know, the churches of England were in constant turmoil between Protestant and Catholic beliefs. These changes came upon the heels of each new ruler, James I being strongly influenced by Scotland's separation from the Catholic Church, became strongly interested and swayed by the Protestant Church. Protestant theology on witchcraft particularly spiked his interest. In the 1590s, he believed he was being plotted against by witches, and in 1597 he wrote a book, Demonology, pronouncing followers had to denounce and prosecute anybody who, practicing and or supporting witchcraft. Although he instituted the death penalty on any witches proven guilty of causing death or exhuming bodies in the name of the craft, he also would personally expose discrepancies in given testimonies at which trials that might prove incorrect. I thought hmm. that very interesting. So I think he tried to be fair about it. Yeah. But still. In the unruly countryside of Lancashire in early 1612, all justices of the peace were directed to list anyone who refused to attend and or take communion in the church. This was a criminal offense. Eradro Noel, Justice of the Peace for Pendle, was made to investigate an alleged offense of witchcraft committed against one John Law, a peddler who claimed the act of witchcraft ha had injured him. This shows the climate of the times in and around the area. Now coming back around, Demdike had been known as a healer and witch in the area for over 50 years. What brought these trials about seems to have stemmed from an event occurring on March 21, 1612. Demdike's granddaughter crossed paths with John Law from Halifax on her way to Trodden Forest. It's unclear as to whether Allison was begging or whether John Strait refused, but a quarrel came over some expensive straight pins that Allison was trying to procure, most likely for the use of magic. Could have been for something else, but probably for magic. Shortly after the interaction, John Law may have suffered what we now know today as a stroke, witnessed by Allison. He made it to safety and initially made no claim as to witchcraft as having been a part of it. Later, however, Abram Law, John Law's son, approached Allison and, being convinced of her own powers, Allison admitted to the crime and asked for forgiveness. Now, that's a dangerous thing to do. Mm-hmm. On March 30th, 1612, Allison and James Device and her mother Elizabeth 
were to appear before Roger Noel. I'm sure that you know the incident came to his uh, yeah. attention. Allison confessed to lame John Law via the power of the devil to whom she had sold her soul. Her brother added that she bewitched a local child. Elizabeth reservedly admitted that her mother, Demdike, had a mark on her body that may have been from the devil. It's like, how can you... I, I don't mean, know. It was any little thing could have been a mark from the devil. What I guess I don't understand is, in this particular story, how often it is that the family member turns against the other family member. Mm-hmm. It's just, it seems somewhat unusual to me. But yeah, like her brother saying she had bewitched another a, a child. Right. Why would you heck? go out of your way to mm-hmm. profess that? Well, when Allison had been questioned about Anne Whittle, uh, also known as Jaddux, she saw perhaps an opportunity to exact revenge on Anne Whittle and seized the moment. There had been bad blood between the families as early back as possibly 1601. It is claimed by Allison that old Chaddox was to blame for the death of four men by witchcraft and her father John Device, who died in 1601. John Device was so afraid of Chaddox in his life that he made payments of eight pounds of oatmeal to Chaddox annually, except the year before his death. It was his claim that Chaddox caused his illness due to not having made that annual installment. Then... There was a claim that a member of the Chaddox family broke into the home of the Devices and stole items nearing the worth of one pound, which today, in 2024, in the U.S., would be approximately $290. Mm. Mm-hmm. By the time the two matriarchs were summoned before Noel in April 2, 1612, they were both in their 80s and blind and given damning confessions to Noel that they were affiliated with the devil in one manner or another. They actually offered that information up themselves. Oh my goodness. Based on a woman and witness by the name of Margaret Crook, Anne Redfern, Chaddix's daughter, was accused of making clay figures as well as being the cause of Margaret's brother's death. Noel sent them to Lancaster Gold to be tried for malficium? Mm-hmm which is causing harm via witchcraft or sorcery. Things could have ended here with these four women, but it didn't. And that's where we'll leave this part of the story today and wait for part two of the story in our next episode when we cover witches and religions. History. history. Of course, next round that we've released will be a Q&A, but then we will come back to this for you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we've spiked your interest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's spiked mine. Anyways, please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. I'm Tatiana, saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia, saying so long and thank you for writing with us. This has been Powered, Powered by, by Magic. Magic. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you.